got Mark 15. Verse 42 says, it was preparation day, action day, hallelujah. That is the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went, how? To Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Some translations say, and craved, that's why I have craved man, and craved the body of Christ. He craved the body of Christ. Now turn to uh, John chapter 19, verse 38. This is the same account from a different evangel. It says there in verse 38, later, there's a reason for that word later, but I'm not going to get into it too much right now. Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus. But how? Because he feared the Jews. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by whom? Father, I pray that you would challenge us. Challenge us, Lord Jesus, not to be secret disciples. Not to keep our discipleship to ourselves, but Lord, that we would spread a lot of love around. We honor you and we bless you. Thank you, Father, for all that are here today. But let this word fall on good soil, producing 30, 60, 100 fold fruit. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> let me tell you a story here that's already been tried and tested. Okay? Matter of fact, it's a joke. On somebody. I tested this joke out on somebody and they couldn't stop laughing for a while. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but it's a person of our household, one of our household, and it's not King. Okay, so it's somebody else. <clears throat> but it's a joke that goes along with my sermon because we're going to be talking here about the last days of, of Christ. But there was this husband and wife and the husband took his wife and his mother-in-law, one of those jokes, and his mother-in-law to the Holy Land for a tour. During that course of that time, when they were touring the different cities in Israel, in the city of Jerusalem, while they were there, the mother-in-law passed away. She died. And so the individual thinking, man, what am I going to do here? So he begins to investigate. What can he do? <clears throat> he goes to the uh, funeral, funeral parlor and all this stuff, and, and he's there and trying to make arrangements, and what, what, what should he do? And so the, the man at the, at the funeral parlor says, listen, sir, it all boils down to this. You can either have your mother-in-law shipped to America, and that's just shipping, $5,000. That's just shipping. That does not include all the arrangements, funeral uh, things that are going to have to happen. And, uh, 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 but that's $5,000 to have her shipped, her body, to America. Or for $300, everything can, can happen here. We can do the funeral, you know, the, the rabbi, all will be taken care of, the, the burial. <coughs> everything will be taken care of for only $300, but you'll have to leave her here in Israel, here in Jerusalem. It'll all be taken care of. And the guy, even without even beginning to think, he says, no, I'll, I'll, I'll have her shipped. I'll pay the 5000 The guy says, wow, 
you must have really loved your mother-in-law. He's all, oh, no, no, you know, uh-uh, that's not the case. You know, but I heard there was an individual here that he died in this very city, and three days later, he rose again. I ain't taking no chances. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> Too much power in this city. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, three days later, he rose again. We're going to be talking a little bit about the resurrection of Jesus, all right? Not nobody's mother-in-law. Uh, aye, aye, aye. Are you ready? <clears throat> Crave man. He craved, the Bible says, the body of Jesus. Joseph of Arimathea. Now, these verses are a part of one of human history's darkest, darkest, bleakest hours. Okay, that happened on Good Friday. See, dealing here with the crucifixion. So these memorable deeds, this, this action on the part of Joseph of Arimathea, it stands out and it shines out like a spotlight in a cave. Are you with me? This was a very, very dark day, Good Friday, the first Good Friday. A lot of terrible stuff had happened that day. It was this whole series of, of gloomy and terrible setbacks. Event after event after event, it had been a terrible day. Jesus had been, having been flogged, 39 lashes. <clears throat> Many scholars, and I've often said this before, consider this death of Christ the worst death ever recorded. Uh, because he was, he was whipped 39 times. Had to carry the cross down the Via Della Rosa, up into Golgotha, and crucified. Uh, it was a very, very ugly sight. But this action here on the part of Joseph of Arimathea is the one glowing deed that all four gospel writers choose to mention in their uh, uh, gospels. It was a very radiant, beautiful, rare event that happened. That's why they said, I'm going to put this in my gospel. Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. They say, uh-uh. This is very, they all include what happened here in the life of Joseph of Arimathea. See, these men saw the consideration on the part of this man. They saw the courage displayed by Joseph of Arimathea. They're willing to go to great pains to want to make it known to you and I what they saw on that first Good Friday in, in, in this man's actions, if you will. In other words, they didn't want to omit it. They say, you know, what this man did was chivalrous. What this man did was very courageous. We wanted to make sure that everybody knows what went on on that crucifixion day. Now, Joseph, the Bible says, was a disciple of Christ. But how? Secretly. Joseph, along with another secret disciple named Nicodemus, they were both members of the Sanhedrin. The very court, the very council, the Sanhedrin, that hours before had agreed to convict, condemn, and crucify Christ. Are you with me? Hours before all this, they had, this, this council, the Sanhedrin, had agreed to, to crucify and to convict and condemn Jesus. It seems that both men, they must have failed to, to speak up during those council hearings. All right, they held their peace. How terrible and how tragic the sin of omission can be. Are you with me? The sin of what? Omission. We've been commissioned to go into all the world. When we don't go, that's a sin. 
And we don't do what Christ asks us to do. The sin of omission can be so terrible. History shows, and I, I love history, that when Hitler came, you know, to power, and then he began to take Poland and Hungary and all these different countries, you know, the Christians didn't do too much. The German Christians. Well, because he was taking Poland. Uh, because he was, he was, was hungry. He was dealing with Switzerland. And they let Hitler get away with all kinds of stuff. Then he started messing with the Jews. All of them. But it didn't hit until finally he started messing with the Christians. But by that time it was too late. No, they hadn't made a stand. They should have made a stand. In the, remember soon you got to nip it at the bud right away. All those things. See, during times and councils like these that happened there with the Sanhedrin, things are very magnified. Understand what I'm trying to say. During, during these moments, things get magnified. Like right now with NATO, France and Germany and Belgium, they're being mentioned a lot, are they not? Because they're having NATO councils. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, that's what France is doing again. Well, I don't know if we should. And people are, it's being magnified. Everybody's saying, why is France and Germany and Belgium, why, they, why don't they want to side with the Americans? Well, it's, it's being magnified. We're finding out why. Because they have oil interests. Because they have a monetary, uh, 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 you, you know, interest in, in Iraq. They've done all this. In Russia, the same thing. They're making money. It's being magnified uh, during, during councils like this. Uh, I think I was watching TV the other day and David Letterman, I think it was David Letterman, said pertaining to this with NATO, he says the last time France decided to, to, to wait and, and hold on before they made a decision it wasn't long before Hitler came driving right up the Eiffel Tower. Uh, the sin of omission. But something happened after the death of Christ with Joseph of Arimathea. Uh, see, he began to, to, to take courage, to take heart. The closer and the more well-known disciples had all taken off after the death of Christ. They'd taken a trip without making reservations. They were gone. Peter, who had boasted in, in, in Scripture, though all men should deny thee, I will never deny thee, Jesus. He was gone in 60 seconds. And John, that most beloved of disciples, who had leaned on the very shoulders of the breast of Jesus at dinner, he also had disappeared. He wasn't hungry anymore. All had forsook him and fled, the Bible says. Only a few helpless and hopeless women were hanging around the cross. Now, brokenhearted, filled with fear and despair, but just the ladies were hanging out there now. But what could they do? Uh, when you read scripture, we find that no one expected Christ to die or to expire so quick and so soon and so fast. Though when you do read scripture, you'll find that Pilate had already given an instruction. If they're not dead by sundown, because it was the day of preparation, Thursday, Friday, uh, uh, on Friday now, on Saturday was going to be the Sabbath. So they, they, buried, they, they crucified him on Friday. He had to be dead before sun went down. Okay, he, he, Pilate had given instruction pertaining to that. 
See, the average death for crucifixion lasted three days. And it was usually a death through exhaustion and starvation, not through wounds. Thus, my friends, something had to be done and done quickly. The master's burial will, will, will be handled or else it would be handled just like any other criminal's burial. Very rude, very ruthless, and very barbaric. Uh, a lot was hanging on the balance there. They had to take care of his body. Uh, it, 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 was a, it was a heavy issue. Otherwise, you know, he was going to die like a criminal's death totally. He would be a, a ward of the state, if you will. His body would be handled by the government. Somebody had to step up to the plate and take some action. Hallelujah. That's what it is of Christianity. Uh, you can't be a secret all the time. Uh, you're a Christian. There's going to be times where you're going to have to just step up to the plate. A lot hinges and hanging on your actions. Timing is everything. See, the stage was set for somebody to step to the plate, to walk through the door of ministry opportunity. Joseph's time had come. And with that, Joseph, the Bible says, sprang into action. Joseph's time for timidity was over. It was past. It was done. Sayonara, baby. Secret no more. Joseph went straight to the top, to Pilate. Uh, the governor. Forget council meetings. Read my lips, he says. Read my hips, dear Pilate. As of today, this disciple will be secret and silent no more. Hopefully some of you will say that here today at the altar call. Uh, as of today, no more silent treatment. My life is going to count. I'm going to whack and step up to the plate and run through those doors and do what God has called me to do. Check out my eyes, Pilate. Don't just listen to my words, cutting as they are, but listen to my tone. It's not monotone, but it's multitone. Made up a word. Uh, I do that every now and again. In other words... Could you please give me the body? No! It was, I want that body. Read my lips. I've been silent long enough. I didn't say too much during the council meetings. But now that he's gone, something happened to me. I will be silent no longer. Jesus Christ changed my life. I owe my allegiance to him. You're just the governor. He's the king of kings. He's the king of Herod. Uh-uh. Do whatever you want to do with me. And by the way, what he was doing could have been considered treason. Going on the other side. He was dealing with, with, with poverty, with poor people. That's what he was identifying with. He was identifying with a common criminal, so to speak. Uh, see, it's serious. Here's what multitone is. The word that I made up, let me give you the definition. It's serious and excitement meeting together at the high decimal level. If your Webster wants it, write it down for him. Okay, multitone is serious and excitement meeting together at the high decimal level. I'm craving the body of Christ. Give me the body. No, 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 get it right. I want the body. Uh, the body or my life. I don't care. Uh, I dumb it up long enough, no more, not as of today, uh-uh. Some of you are going to go home today and say, what's for dinner? Okay. You know what? 
Things, you're gonna, you need to come to church. You need to get right before you get left. And I'm talking about my left hook now, I'm just kidding. Uh, see, Joseph came boldly before Pilate and went right in before Pilate, unannounced, with no appointment, and craved the body of Jesus. I mean, he just went right into his office. Huh. All right, Governor, I'm here for the body of Christ. Yes, I know what this can mean and how absurd it looks, and I'll deal with the consequences later. Call it what you want, Pilate. Think what you want, but make up your mind here and now. Time's wasting, and the sun's going down. See, once the sun would go down, it'd be over. He'd be a ward of the courts. They had, he had to spring into action now to take care of the body of, uh, and, and for burial. Otherwise, somebody else was going to do it to handle the master's body. Uh, and you know what that meant, too? When they were to handle a dead person, you know, on a Saturday, on a Sabbath, it meant you were defiling your body. You weren't supposed to do that. Uh, you, were, you, were, you were way out of line. You couldn't handle that. You had to be careful from sundown to sunrise. Uh, you, you couldn't be doing that. But he was willing to do it. See, our world is filled with many, many secret disciples like Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. There may even be some here this morning. I don't know. I think so. Uh, yes, there are. Disciples of Christ, yet they're afraid. Shy, timid, reserved, hidden. Now, I want us to look at a few things here today regarding Joseph. What caused Joseph to be silent and what cured him? We're going to look at those two things here very quickly. What caused him to be silent and what cured him from being silent? Number one, the Bible says Joseph was silent and secretive regarding his Christianity for fear. Number one, that's why he was silent, for fear of the Jews. See, fear is always one of the leading causes that will stifle any and all men from standing for and doing anything great and chivalrous. Fear. Anything what? Great and chivalrous. And this is a, this is a ministry that's involved in great stuff. I mean, we, we got a church in, in, in Indonesia where nobody else wants to be there. What did Chucky say? Chucky said when he was getting off the plane to start the church in Indonesia, most Americans were getting on the plane coming back to America. That's what happened here with Joseph. When all the disciples, Big Peter, Loving John, uh, the sons of thunder, and James, and uh, when they were leaving the cross, he was running to the cross. That's what chivalry will do. But fear will scare you from doing that. Uh, that's, what, that's what was happening with, 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 with Joseph in the outset, in the beginning. Fear. Fear has a way of, of, of closing a person's mouth in the most crucial of moments and crucial of times. Heaven only knows how earth could have been a better place had someone of influence, a mayor, a supervisor, a senator, an attorney, a president, a pastor, if you will, had only opened his mouth and said something. How much better off this world would have been? Yes, I'm speaking good about Joseph, but I'm also talking bad about the times that he chose to be secretive. He could have done so much good if he'd have done the right thing. Stood up and spoken. Some attorney could have said something. 
that knew somebody was interested, let it go. Uh, some mayor, some senator, and again, some pastor. Uh, speak up and say something. Proverbs 29, 25 says, the fear of man is a trap or a snare. Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man. It's a trap. See, this fear has helped to create a large nation of Joseph of Arimathea among Christianity today. A lot of Christians are, are, are always silent. We don't want to bring forth what God has done for us. Matter of fact, Wednesday, don't miss Wednesday if you can. I'm going to be teaching on this very subject again. And evil was supposed to teach, but I, I want to stay here. God's given me something for Wednesday too that I really, really like. It goes right along with today's sermon. So if you want to grow in your witness for Christ, don't try to, don't miss on, on Wednesday. Okay? But there's so many silent Christians today. Abraham, the father of faith, he was made to betray his faith uh, a couple of times through fear of men. If you study scripture, that's what happened. He went into Egypt and he said, don't say you're my wife. Say you're my sister to his wife because she was so beautiful. Uh, he did that several times. The father of faith had fear. Elijah, that mighty prophet of power, he was made to fall prey to depression because of fear of a woman. Ah, she's going to get me. Ah, here comes Jezebel. Ah, the fear of man. In this case, it was the fear of a lady. See, the fear of man has leveled some of the best. Therefore, the best fear, but the best fight, the good fight again. Hope I didn't miss you right there. The best fear. Uh, John the Baptist doubted. The father of faith doubted, feared. Elijah, the powerful of power, he feared. Therefore, that's my equation here, that's my deduction, the best fear. But the best fight, the good fight again. They get up and fight again. Uh, another reason for Joseph's secret discipleship, the Bible says because he was wealthy. He was a, he was a rich man, it says. Uh, Mark 10, 23 says, how hard it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Mark 10, 23. Christian, if a man can handle riches, he can handle almost anything. You like the song, New York, New York? If you can make it there, you can make it any. Well, if you can handle money, you can handle almost anything. Uh, and let me just tell you something about money. It's not the amount. What is the root of all evil? The love of money. And it, not, it doesn't have to do with the amount. You can be poor, poor folk, but you got, you know, seven dollars in your pocket. And you got to give a dollar times no way. Because you love money. You can, you can be in love with seven dollars. Well, somebody else can be involved with loving seven million. But it's the same principle. This man was rich. Uh, see, riches tend to make people proud and arrogant and self-sufficient in need of nothing. Not even Jesus. Self-centered. See, wealth can be a great servant or a hard taskmaster. This is how hard it is for the person to enter the kingdom of heaven. A rich man. See, Joseph had missed many, uh, many opportunities to be a help and a witness for Christ because of his wealth. That's what had happened. His wealth had gotten in the way. 
Riches can create cream puff Christians. When you're spoiled and you're not soiled. Uh, you never want or you need to witness because you want to stay in your nice, warm comfort zone. Sacrifice to you is just a word when you have it made in the shade with lemonade. When you're spoiled. You know, God's been good to, to us, our family, because we tithe and we give and we even double tithe most of the time and, and God's blessed us. But I've always tried with my children not to give them a whole lot of money because I don't want them to spoil. Uh, I was in front of the TV. Uh, just the comfort zone. No, we got things to do here because riches can stifle. You have it made. You don't need nothing. Uh, have it made in a shade with lemonade so the rest of the world can go to hell. But you're not. You're saved. You're okay. Pity the rich. For they run in circles where it's so very hard to be Christian. Did you hear what I said? Pity the rich. Because the Bible says it's hard for them to enter into the kingdom of heaven. The third reason for Joseph's secret discipleship. Fear of men. Wealth. Number three was that he was a man of high position. He was part of the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was the highest Jewish court. Joseph served on the court that ruled on the most memorable case of all time. Not O.J., not, this one was it. He served on the court that oversaw the most memorable case of all time, Jesus. That he was a man of position and prestige and power and prominence. He was a man of name and of fame. That's who he was. How could he possibly bring himself down to the level of, a, of, of identifying with fishermen and, and tax collectors and publicans? And identify himself with a criminal who was on trial. Here's this man being tried and oh, he's a criminal. How could he identify with that individual amongst all these people of, of pomp and position that he ran with, the circle, that were also part of the Sanhedrin? He didn't want to look bad. Too difficult for him to lower himself down to this level. Perhaps had Joseph come out months or years or weeks ago, maybe even days or hours ago, Maybe Joseph could have been counted among the mighty ranks of the apostles. I don't want to lose you there. If he would have come out of the closet years ago, months ago, weeks ago, even hours ago during the course of the Sanhedrin, if he'd have come out then, maybe he would have been, been one of the apostles like, like, you know, John and James and and, and the Apostle Paul, maybe he could have been a part of their, their crowd. A lot hinges on your decisions. If you wait, wait, wait. Omission. Holding on. Uh, Joseph held a high place of position. His one voice speaks for tens of thousands. Are you with me? Don't let me lose you here. His one voice there in Sanhedrin speaks for tens of thousands of people. He had a lot of influence. He had a lot of pull. He had a lot of power. All he had to do was speak up. People with this power can do so much good for so many people. Just think of all the good Joseph could have done had he not kept his discipleship 
a secret. But such was not the case, unfortunately. Um, but was there. He beheld Jesus being held on the cross. He was there, eyewitness. And that was this that sprung him into action. Uh, the minute and the moment Joseph chose to act brave and bold and courageous, his good friend, the Bible says Nicodemus, does the very same thing. When you decide, and if you're a leader, people will follow you. He acted. The Bible says that, that Peter did the opposite. When he left, he was all disenchanted. He says, I go a fishing, and a lot of the disciples followed him. He went the other way. But Joseph chose to go towards Christ, and Nicodemus follows him. What if Joseph had only done this earlier? How many of these two individuals could have helped and influenced? One puts a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand. Are you with me? Please listen to what I said. Had Joseph and Nicodemus made up their mind and their heart and come out of the closet long before that, how much good they could have done together. They could have put 10,000 to flight. But they didn't do it. What a tragedy to follow Jesus secretively. It's a tragedy. See, the witness of Christ's death, it served as the first step in Joseph's cure of his secret discipleship. The death of Jesus, like I said, has been you know, one of the most cruelest deaths ever recorded. Nikki Cruz was converted through a preacher's seven-minute description of this death. It got to Nikki. I've heard him testify. I've heard his testimony. I don't know if you've ever heard him say this. That sometimes when he's preaching, I've been with him many times, and it still gets to me. He talks about how Dave Wilkerson, he says, in seven minutes, real quickly, he just described the death of Christ on the cross. The 39, see, Nicky was from the streets. He, was, he never heard about the Bible and stuff. And all of a sudden, he's there, he's taken. They're going to have a gang rumble with the other gangs. So Wilkerson knows it. So real quickly, what he does, he talks about the death of the cross of Jesus. And all of a sudden, it gets Nicky's attention. And he's talking about it. All of a sudden, you know, that, and it's like in the movie. Let's go get him. He goes, wait, 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 wait. He really, he said, wait, wait. He, he wanted to listen. So man, this is pretty heavy. He says, this guy died for you, and, and he didn't even know you. And he loved you so much. He was so concerned for you. And all of a sudden, Nicky started getting, wow. Uh, Nicky says, the preacher got him so much, he says, he said to himself, man, if I would have been there, I would have brought out my switchblade. That's what he says. He says, man, I wanted to stick up for this Jesus. Where is he? Who, 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 who messed with him? I'll get the mamas on him. Ah. Uh, that's what happened with Joseph. He said, oh, my Lord, the death of Christ, when it, when it all, when it, it, I mean, that's what changed my life. When I found out what he'd done for me, uh, I was just like this individual. And many of you, you know, you know how I live. I should have got that pink thing. I got one last crumpled up flyer, but I got it. My last one. Uh, but there's more where this came from. We'll get some more. Uh, because ever since Jesus, what he did for me, man, I, I could never do enough. 
I could never do enough for what he'd done for me. Whew. That's what happened with Joseph. And I've been at this for almost 29 years. I, 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 ain't, I ain't put it in, in cruise control too much. I just got to go on for God. Ah, oh, Got to be a witness of what he's done for us. Well, Nikki wasn't there, but Joseph was. He was there at the cross. All the cowardice was replaced with courage in the heart of Joseph that dark day. Thus, my friend, while the other 12 disciples were running away, Joseph was running in. That's what Nicky Cruz always says. A friend of somebody, when everybody else runs out, he runs in. That's what Joseph did here. Uh, right in to Pilate's presence, and he asked for the body of Jesus. He could be silent no more. Silent no longer. Uh, no vulture was going to have the body of his Jesus. No soldier was going to put his hands on the corpse of Christ. Joseph, uh, he knew that that was a day of preparation when no one was supposed to defile themselves by touching something that was unclean. But so what? So what? Yeah, I'm going to come against it. Ah, no, no, no. He did this for me. I'm going to be loyal to him. I was not loyal enough before. I'm going to be loyal now. I'll touch his body. I'm going to handle his body. But ain't nobody else going to touch his body. I'm going to take care of it. Pilot, here I stand. I can do no more. I'll knock the other one down too. That's what Martin Luther said to the Pope. Here I stand. I can do no more. I'm not going to change these 98 things that happen that I, I believe need to be changed. Stands do a lot. They do a lot. The woman at the cross, they didn't have the power, the prestige, and the influence that Joseph did. Joseph was now more than willing to step up to the plate and do his part. Ah, oh, what a Christian Joseph must have been from that day on. If there be any secret saints here this morning, we don't have one right here, hallelujah. Ah, oh, Resolve today, enough is enough, no more. It's been said that he that stands for nothing will fall for anything. I guess so. It's time to step to the plate. Let it be known. In the case of Joseph, once he decided for Christ, Nicodemus follows. Somebody is waiting for your decision and your stand, and they're going to follow you too. Somebody's waiting. Habakkuk 2.2, two, then I'm done. And this I stole from Sonny Jr. at the, the marriage and ministry retreat. But I like it. I'm going to finish with this. Habakkuk 2.2, two, because it has to do with a vision. And Victor Arch has a vision. God has given everybody vision. Do you have it? I'll wait because I know it's a difficult book to find. So I'd have to name him. I'm helping you a lot. Habakkuk, Habakkuk. Uh, some of you are starting to get hungry now. Habakkuk, I'll have a cook. What are they having La Pinata today? Hallelujah, La Pineda. Verse 1 says, I will stand at my watch and station myself in the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me. What answer I am to give to this complaint? 
The Lord replied, write down the vision and read it. Make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. I like what Sonny Jr. said pertaining to the scripture. I want to bring it out to us here. He said the youth of today. We got any youth of today here? He said the youth of today are real smart and sharp. Listen to me, youth, and see if I'm not talking about you. And that includes Josie because she's only, you know, she's not old physically. Hallelujah. Just in spirit, Aniva. Hallelujah. Uh, but Sonny Jr. says this about the youth. He says they are so sharp. Real smart. When they go to class, here's what they want to know. What must I do to get an A? And they know how to get an A. They'll read the vision. They'll write the vision. And they'll be able, that's what Habakkuk says, read the vision and write the vision. He says they're real good at it because they're good readers. They're real good writers. They know what to tell the professor in order to get... And they, he was so sharp. But the key is not in the reading and the writing. The key is in the running. A lot of them, they get A's. Right, Joe, in school. But then, their life, their running, is an F. And these students sometimes do better in life than A students because they could read, they could write, but they couldn't run. They walked. They crawled in life. They slept in life. That's why I said I don't want to have a, a congregation of people that are good in reading and writing. Your running is terrible. Now again, I commend you what you did this past week and what's been happening with the walls, the things that we've been, we've been running all right, but keep it up. Keep it up. And if we have any secret disciples here today, get out of it. Get out of the closet. We'll be able to tell if the reading and the writing is taking effect in your life by how you run, by your life. If you stand up, when, they said, when Esteban said, let's stand up. I didn't pledge $50 last week. I pledged $50 this week. I wanted to stand. I wanted to stand. I want to be a part of the committed. Mm. So easy to read and to write. Thank you for what you did. That was action. Action. This guy, he was the first to get up for his birthday. How old are you? 26. Ooh, 26. Hallelujah. When's your birthday? February? January. January? Well, he didn't want to be left out. <laughs> or was it your anniversary? No? All right, great. Look at that. He wanted to help all you Februaries. January's on the February side. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's a new usher. Huh? He, all right, brother. He craved his ministry. Crave man. (laughs) 
that's what Joseph of Arimathea did. He wasn't from Jerusalem. He was from an outside city. But he cared for Jerusalem. He cared for his country. He cared for his people. He cared for his planet. Though he wasn't from there. Not from Hayward. But we care. He craved the body of Jesus. I know about cravings. Ah, that's the way we got to be hooked and addicted to the ministry like the household of my tocayo, Stephanus. Ah, craving. Or you want to be mediocre. Johnny come lately, if at all. Action Sunday. That piece of paper that piece of paper should, should be more than just a piece of paper. I want every head bowed and every eye closed.